Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, where we are your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who coach those who sell for a living. I'm back with our CEO, Tom Stanfield, this week. We are going to hit a topic on everyone's mind, handling objections. And we've got a lot of good stuff to, to chat about, but Tom... I want to know what's in that glass right now. Talk uh, to me. Okay, okay, Scott. I, I just got back from the, the lovely city of Barcelona. 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 I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, Hi. but I just got back from the lovely city of Barcelona, and I love their bill. Estrella. 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 I don't, I don't really sure. I'm not confident in how you say it. <laughs> Estrella. Estrella. And in the last word is a little bit something we probably shouldn't, I don't know, I could be misunderstood, but it's spelled D-A-M-M. So I don't know how you say that. Estrella Dam? I don't know. But <laughs> okay. that's, that's the beer. And, and what, what, it. what Very is Very good it? lager. It's a lager. A lager. Okay. So it's 18-something. Okay. 18-something. Pe- the people in Europe, are, it, they've been around a while. They have. They've been around a long They're time. They're a little older than we are. Our, mm-hmm. uh, this, this beer that I have, I, I think, is just a few years old. I've gone back to Rhode Island. Mm. Uh, and I've back selected to the home. back Homestead. to the homeland. Yeah, exactly. This is called comfortably unaware, comfortably which un- I I think is great. It actually mm-hmm. has an ABV of six point seven. So Ooh, you can imagine you can probably get unaware comfortably, comfortably rather quickly. Right. right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a New England IPA brewed with Citra and mm. Galaxy hops. Mm. Mm. I don't really know what either of those things mean. But we're going to crack it I open. I think your beer is going to work better than my beer, but mine's got a little bit of more panache. Oh, beer, Ooh, beautiful. I Let's love get started. Way. Let's do that. Well, Tom, I hope welcome. everybody else is enjoying a beer if they, <laughs> if they drink. I hope long, so. After a long, long, hard, hopefully successful week. Tom, actually, you don't know this, but we, we, we did a podcast last week, and the question came from the audience. Oh, beautiful. So I'd like to actually kind of keep moving with okay. that and bring up something and... It's something that I noticed when delivering for a customer last week that, that is really top of mind, and that's, mm-hmm. that's objection handling. Good. I mean, those of us that have sold for a living have always had to deal with this. Right. But I know you've given a lot of thought and spent you know hundreds of hours, thousands of hours with hundreds of customers dealing with this. So I think it's a great topic for us to share on a mm-hmm. Friday afternoon with our friends uh, how to uh, how to overcome slash deal with objections, and okay. I know you I think that's a good topic. Does that make sense? So yeah. let's let's dig into that. So let's start with sort of defining it, right? Because there are there are many types of objections. Um, there's what we teach and talk about false objections. That's not what we're talking about here. That's yeah. that's when I, as a marketing leader, get calls all the time, and I right. I say yes, yeah, send me some information. Right, right. That's yeah. a false objection. That's not what we're doing. That'll be a different podcast. Right. But this is about real objections, isn't it? This is about mm. price, right? Yeah. This client I was at, they are chasing their way to the bottom in terms of price. Mm. Where do they vet add their value? How do they distinguish themselves in this Why overly, pay more? Yeah, overly crowded market? Right. So let's dig into the, the, the definition we're going to solve yeah, today. I think, I think it's good to, to, before you, we talk about how to respond to objections just like what is an objection? Like you said, false objections when they're trying to avoid a sales call. Right. So the truth doesn't matter. Right. How you respond is more about creating comfort and getting them to engage. And like you said, that's not the topic for today. The topic today is how to deal and respond to the real objection. The real objection is the customer just wants to know why. Yeah. Right. That's the that's really the simplest. Why should I pay more? Mm-hmm. Why should I live without something that you provide and somebody else provides it? 
why should I believe you? Maybe they're skeptical. So those are the three kind of basic types of objections. I know they don't understand why I should pay more. Uh, you can't do something they want. Like we have, you know, I was meeting with a client last week and it was that they, we offer digital learning programs. Yeah. They're um, located in France and we don't have a digital program in France, in mm. French. Mm. So, so I have to respond to that. It was, you know, we're still in that stage where actually they're not a client, they're a potential client. Yeah. And so they want to know, well, do you have a digital? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't have a digital program in French. So they're like, okay, well, can I live without that? Right. So that's really yeah. the question they're asking. So that's that's really the three types of objections. Why pay more? Right. That's a, that's a legitimate question. Why live without something? And why should I believe you? I'm just I, I'm, you can offer it, but I'm skeptical. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that's what we mean by an objection. So that's the, so that's the that's good. That's that gives us sort of, you know, the, the playing field that mm -hmm. we need to, to deal with here. Um, so let's talk about now that we know what an objection is. Let's talk about, you know, how a seller should think about an objection. Yeah. Is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? You know, what, how do I, how do I view an objection? Yeah, I think, I think the, the good thing is they're telling you, right? They're engaged. They're saying, I want to know the answer to the question. And so right. serious, serious decision makers have serious questions and they, they want to ask those questions. So that, that's a good thing. I, I, if I'm, if I'm meeting with a customer, a potential customer, and they're just, you know, looking, staring at me and just listening. I'm like, okay, this is not going well, mm. right? I need to get them involved. They need to, they need to be asking tough questions. They're not that's absorbing. a buying sign. Yeah. Uh, that, so that's a, that's on the positive side. The negative side is you actually, the better you are at discovery and uncovering what customers want, you're better at addressing the issues and making recommendations that deal with what you know they want. So actually the most successful sellers have very few objections. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to eliminate them completely, but the better you discover what's important to them, yeah. uh, anticipate what they need, respond to what they need. So if you know they're, you know, if I know the customer as a French sales force and they're going to need digital, I, I bring that up. They don't need to bring it up. I bring it up. This is what you want to accomplish. I'm saying, here's how we're going to address that. Yeah. So, um, so that's, I think that's a good way to think about it. So it's really it's it's actually both a blessing and a curse, mm -hmm. right? It's it's a blessing in that you you eventually did uncover a problem that could have derailed you down the line, right? But it's a little bit of a curse because maybe it's something you missed earlier in discovery, right. and so it's it's a learning opportunity. It's a, for learning, it's a curse, but it's it's like a learning. Yeah. It's like okay, I missed something. If they're bringing something up, right? Yeah. The perfect meeting is the perfect sales process is you uncovered everything, made the perfect recommendation. They say yes. Yeah. Right. So, if, but if you miss something, they tell you that's a good thing. Yeah. But, and that happens for you all the time. They always go perfectly, right? I mean, I've, I've never made a mistake. Never. Right. Well, that's so, good. that's I mean, why we're doing the podcast. That's, that's why I'm on the podcast, right? That's why so. you are my Yoda. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, I always make a mistake. I've never, it's funny, I've never left a presentation, meeting, et cetera, where I couldn't think of something that I could have done better. Yeah. I mean, always can get better. Yeah. That's good. That's I know good. you were joking, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, no. Uh, so, so let's talk about this. Um, you've you've done, like I mentioned, hundreds of, of accounts and thousands of, you know, um, meetings and, and seen mm -hmm. this repeatedly. But what are some of the mistakes that reps make? You know, how how can we learn yeah. from from that knowledge of all that you've seen in terms of you know the mistakes they make? Yeah. So, the, I think everybody talks about the answer, right? right? But I think you know, how do I respond? My response. Uh, but I think the 
what most people miss is sort of reframing how they think about objections. The objections isn't a, like we talked about, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's a, I'm helping the customer answer the question. I'm not overcoming an objection. I'm helping the customer figure out what's the best decision, yeah. right? So it's more about helping than overcoming. Yeah. They have questions, right? And so, you know, like, I mean, I've hired people at my house recently to, you know, install certain things or mm. like fix the roof or I have questions, right? Yeah. I just, I need them to help me answer my questions, yeah. right? And so it's, that's the way they should think about it. I'm helping the customers struggling. They're going to invest money. They're nervous about it. They, they, sometimes customers are making decisions and they'll get fired if they make the wrong decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, there's certain major initiatives. I don't know. It depends on what you sell, but this could be a big deal. It could cost them a lot of money, cost them their job, help them. So it's not about overcoming. It's about helping. And I think the second thing that most people miss is there's two dimensions to and We talk about this related to all influence. There's how receptive they are to the answer. Yep. And then there's the message. There's the soil. Is the soil fertile? Because if the soil's not fertile, the seed, your message doesn't matter. So how do I ensure that the, they're receptive, that the soil is fertile to the message I want to deliver? So those are the two dimensions. So when I'm thinking about objections, I'm actually more interested in, can I create the receptivity to ultimately deliver my message? Yep. And I think that's where we need to put most of our effort. How do we ensure they're like, okay, okay, I believe you. Yeah. I want to hear what you have to say. So I think that's that's a missing piece. Well, and this is really where the whole human part that we talk about so repeatedly on this podcast of just being human and wanting right. to help versus, you know, we, we've used it in previous discussions around, you know, the gatekeeper, right? The gatekeeper's right. there to stop me from doing my job. Well, maybe that's the mentality you might have. Right. Or maybe you could say, maybe they can help me. I can go arm in arm with them. We can, you you know, help each other get what we need out of this. And so... Well, it's a, it's a great example of like yeah. with the gatekeepers. Yeah. Like the gatekeeper has a job. It's to determine who gets through. Mm. So help them do their job. Right. Because so when we're aligning with them and helping them and yeah. being what we call other-centered, then they're much more receptive and open to our, our you know, the message that we want to send. Exactly. Exactly. So... So let's talk a little bit about how, right. you know, so we've got sort of the why and what they're, what they're looking for, but the how of, you know, not handling or overcoming an objection, but helping someone right. get the answers they need to make an informed decision. Well, if you kind of think about the, uh, just, sorry, I just took a little sip of my beer. Yeah, I know. I, I very enjoy, yeah, it's very, I need to slow Didn't, down a little bit. Right? I should have yeah. elongated my question because yeah, I saw I was, you was, with was, your glass yeah, up. Yeah, so. <laughs> that was my um, bad. Well, we get into the how, the, the, we told, let's talk about the receptivity piece first. I think yeah. The first thing that needs to happen is they need to feel validated. There's something that really, I, I can't explain this, but the temperature in the room completely changed is when you move from how do I win an argument yeah. right to how do I just validate your point of view? Yeah. You know, like when someone says, I don't understand or I'm concerned about, and you feed it back to them and they go, yes. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Because it's, they just want to know you understand. If they believe you understand the problem, then they believe you can solve the problem. It's more important that they believe you understand it yeah. than you proving that you can solve it. Right. No, that makes sense. So if you validate, not only does something happen relationally where they go, okay, this person's listening to me. They care about me. And you go, this is how you feel. So you want this and you're concerned about this. And they say exactly 
right? So that changes the nature of the relationship. The second thing happens when you validate is that you you figure out that you're responding to the right objection. I mean, (laughs) we were talking as we were prepping for this. I was telling you a story about uh, a situation early in Aslan. We didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. But we wanted to market. We wanted. To, we finally sure. were like ready to go to a trade show. And so this this woman calls us about this trade show. We're excited about the trade show, but I'm like, okay, I don't have a trade show booth, right? I don't have a booth, right? And I'm gonna have to pay like 15 grand to go to the trade show, and I gotta buy a booth, which there's a, there's time issues with that. I don't know how to do it. I haven't bought a booth before, so there's all this you know challenge. But I really want to go to the trade show, and she, so she says, well, so. So what do you think? And I said, ah, I just don't know if I can afford it. And so she goes into this whole case study thing and, you know, trying to prove to me that it's worth the investment. Yeah, she goes to court. Yeah. Yeah, she goes to court. And that's, and then it made a, she made a pretty good argument, but I was like, I still just don't, I'm not ready to spend. And I don't really know how, right? Yeah. I don't know how to get a booth. It's, it's time. It was, yeah. just, she didn't win the argument. Yeah. Well, here's what she missed. So I actually went to the show, not as an exhibitor. I went for free just to check it out. And I, when I got to the show, I realized there is no trade show booths. They all had kiosks. That was one of the beautiful things about the show is you didn't have to have a booth. They just all had like little kiosks and scan, stands. So yeah. even I, a small company, would look the same as a big company. Oh, wow. It was perfect for me. Yeah. So I didn't need a trade show booth. She didn't clarify. She didn't validate. She missed that. She didn't understand what I was concerned about. And so then she responded to the wrong objection. So I think that's another reason to validate. Because if you go to validate, they go, no, that's not the reason. And they can tell you the real reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know, so when we were in our famous break room, I think people are starting to realize what a cool break room we have. Oh, it's the best Uh, break room. I mean, it's very, very... It's state-of-the-art. Yeah, state-of-the-art. It's a state-of-the-art break room. New Keurig. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's fabulous. Um, Yeah, for the listening audience, we just bought a new Keurig. Yeah. That's exciting I mean, that's for us. Pretty, I mean, that's we're a big very investment. successful. We've got a new career. We've got it going on. Let's be honest. Um, so we were talking about the uh, you know back in the the days when you were um, selling to, to Federal Express. Yeah. And 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 that was uh, an interesting moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that well that kind of brings up the the other I think uh, important part about creating receptivity when yep. you're, you're you're before you respond and creating that fertile soil. Yep. As you want to, you the, the, we were talking about the FedEx story, yeah. Uh, where early at Aslan, we were there on site and we were doing a demo for them, and uh, the the leader of the division, as we're doing this kind of free program, comes up to me because okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty good training. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He said, uh, so so so, why should we invest in your training program? Right, because we have a corporate university and training is provided for us for free. So what's the right response to that? Yeah. I said, well, that's probably maybe a better solution for you than, (laughs) I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I said, honestly, and this is what, this is kind of the second, I think, uh, key to creating receptivity is what we call drop the rope. And if you know anything about Aslan, that's one of our key principles we teach is like when there's a tug of war right and you're trying to pull back and forth people are always going to resist yeah and so we should you know and through objections is a time where there's really the tug of war potentially can happen is there people are going to try to pull you to it but you need to do this you need to believe this you need to not think that way and so the one of the the easiest ways to create receptivity is to drop the rope and mm-hmm. say you know what maybe it's not in your best interest to buy our program right. maybe it's not in your best interest to buy our service or solution or whatever I don't know. Yeah. And so that releases the tension. 
Because when there's tension, the focus is on the tension, not the truth. Yep. And so what I looked at the guy and said, I don't know. Maybe that's in your best interest to, to work with your, in, your internal team that's free for you versus hire an outside firm. But here, and then I said, but that set me up to say and respond. I said, but if they don't understand the 18 unique challenges of selling over the phone, because you have an inside sales organization and they haven't built a program specifically for your organization, then they're probably not going to be successful, right? But if they do, you should do that because yeah. that's the truth. That is the truth. So he, he was very open and ultimately we were able to win that account. That was our first really large large uh, large account with a big fortune 500 company yeah no i know i love that and i've heard you tell that story before and i and i just i i can imagine the deer in the headlights feeling that a sales rep might have when they get hit with an objection they didn't yeah. expect but when you return to the human element of dropping the rope relieving right. the tension and just right. saying wow if that's true and they deliver everything you can for free yeah why would you spend money why on would you it? but well, don't run away now right just, use it as an opportunity to clarify and ask a few more things, right? And that's the, and I hadn't met this, the leader. I'd been meeting with the learning yeah. people. And so the leader was the first, so I didn't have even the opportunity to, right. to, to know much about them. But that kind of, that kind of leads to the response is really the best way to respond is with the truth. Right. Right. If the truth is they should use their internal organization because they do understand inside sales, then you can communicate that. Yep. If the truth is, you know, they they really don't have a program specifically designed for inside sales, then tell them why. Yeah. Yep. Good, good. So so let's keep moving. Let's talk about, you know, what about how we respond. So we've talked, right. to, you know, we've gotten into a, a fair number of the challenge areas and what we might right. expect. But like the actual how, how do we respond? Yeah, how do we? So I think the simplest way we took these to, you know, we started off, you know, talking about the why there's three whys why should i pay more why should i live without why should i believe you <laughs> once you create receptivity to the answer by validating and dropping the rope the best way to respond to objections is just tell them the truth <laughs> it's easier to keep track of it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah just tell them the truth yeah answer their question why is it in my best interest to change what i was thinking or change my beliefs or adopt your recommendation is just tell the truth. Yeah. Why? You know, I love this story. I was listening to the podcast. You guys have probably, any of the listeners have probably heard of how I built this podcast, which is a real famous podcast where um, I think this guy's name is Guy Raz, who interviews successful entrepreneurs and how they how they started their company, how they built it. And I was listening to the one about with James Dyson, mm. right? So Dyson vacuum cleaners, mm -hmm. right? So the world's right. most successful more so more vacuum cleaners than everybody else in the world and they're three times more expensive than the typical vacuum cleaner and so he was asking him so so he goes well what did you say so how did you you know how did you talk about you know when your vacuum cleaner is three times more expensive and how did you he goes i, I goes honestly i just the quote i wrote it down he goes i was just being very honest i explained how the vacuum cleaner works why the typical vacuum cleaner loses suction and why mine doesn't it was a very simple approach he basically had figured out why it was better. Yeah. And so then he would just show them. He could just articulate that. He could just articulate. And I think that's the, some of the thing. that's one of the challenges that a lot of reps have is they don't really have the answer to the question. Right. Like yeah. They and they haven't that, thought about why pay more. 
well, I'm supposed to win this argument, so I need to I need to tell them they should pay more. Well, but why? What should they really pay more? Yeah. And they haven't. Somebody else has told them to say that. Yeah. But they don't really know why. Well, and there's a reason that reps should take time to understand right. if they're hearing an objection more than once that they really probably need to study and and maybe even work within their company to try to figure out what is the right answer here. Right. Do we have the best product for these people? You know, so I think th- that's a be great lesson. Be comfortable with saying that. Yeah. Just be comfortable stepping back and saying, if I were the customer, would I spend this money? If I yeah. were the president of the company, would I invest in this? Would I? Yeah. And if they can't, they go, I don't really know. Then, then you, you've, there's more homework to do. So that's it. I mean, we've we've kind of covered it, right? I mean, is is that all there is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds well, easy. Yeah. I mean. Th- you can have a good answer to the why, mm-hmm. right? You can have a good answer to yep. the why, but sometimes they're going to want to know more. They're going to prove it to me, mm-hmm. right? Like so. Okay, so 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 that's you know, prove it to me, you know, and, yeah. and so they're they're maybe a little bit they want to okay, well that so you're telling me the answer, but but prove it, yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that the first step that you need to make is you need, and I we talked about this, is that you need to believe it. People believe what you believe. Yeah. And so if you're telling somebody, I think I'm, you know, kind of reiterating what I just said. If you, if you're telling somebody else's story, you're going to be less passionate about it. Right. It needs to be your story. You need to like do the due diligence, figure out why, um, why it's in their best interest to do what you're you're recommending them to do, and get comfortable with it. Well, and I, and I do think there's something to that. I mean, you know, canned corporate stories are, are okay and they have their place. But, right. but the real truth about, you know, the success stories, we've talked about this on past, past right. episodes, like a person being able to personalize and passionately talk about how they helped somebody else right. in a sim- similar circumstance is so much more compelling right. and so much more believable. And, you know, you can sense the passion that would come from the sales yeah. rep because they lived it. Yeah, right. they've lived it. They've lived it. It's so. like, yeah, it's like one of the most famous islands that people all want to go to is Santorini, you know? Yeah. But people that talk passionately about it are the people that have been to Santorini, yeah. right? Versus read about it. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, you know, talk about Santorini and why it's really expensive to get there, but it's great. Yeah, they told me to tell you it was a really great island and you should go there. Yeah. You know, people so are go, lined up. Go to Santorini, go see it. Go, yeah. like, I mean, obviously I'm using this as an analogy, yeah. but. Go go figure it out. That's one of the things I've seen in the in the top sellers, is they go figure things out for themselves. They go look at the competition solution. They look at their solution. They they ask a lot of tough questions, and they go, okay, I believe it. And then once they believe it, then then that passion comes out. No substitute for preparation when yeah. it comes to that, right? Okay. Um, and so you know, from a storytelling perspective, and I know we use a lot of in what we teach, we talk about the bridge. So you, you know. As we kind of wrap things up, I think that's a great um, word picture, if you will, yeah. of how to sort of bridge that gap. Yeah. So there's there's the you know, the passion. I think will will help tell the story mm. and help answer the question because they'll see the passion. But also there's also the tactical of you know you need to be able to prove it by telling them well, the easiest way is just to tell them a story mm-hmm. and say okay. Yep. And I think of. The way that I think about it is, I, I just in my mind I picture a bridge. Yeah, they're at a current state. Yep. Right, and there's a desired future state, and there's a bridge that they need to build to get there. So you want to start with their current state, like describe. Here's a customer who was in the same situation that you were in. Because anytime you're talking to the customer about them, 
right, describing their point of view, they're interested. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about their current state and a similar customer at the same place. And then here's the bridge that we built. And I think when you talk about the bridge, like here's how we help them get to the future state. Yep. And so when you talk about the bridge, the, the, the key is to focus on some principles or truths and best practices that you've learned over the years that ultimately get them to their desired future state. So in other words, what do you know about how to solve their problem? What is it they're missing about solving their problem? So here's how you figured that out. That's the bridge. And here's what you did. And then the future state is the specific results. Yep. So where were they? What is the bridge you built? What did you What did you know about? What's the specific ways that you helped them build the bridge? And then what's the desired future state? And here's how here's how it ultimately yielded specific results. And that's an easy way to tell the story, or at least a picture. No, I I, I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. And this is I think. I hope super helpful for all of those those reps out yeah. there that do this for a living because objection handling is as old as the profession itself, right? right. And um, and I think one key component is is really maybe dropping the word overcoming objection. Yeah. Right. I really like that because I think and I even used it in the opening intentionally because that's that's what we always refer to it. But but helping the customer get answers to their questions yeah, is a much different way. Yeah, to say change your position from across from the customer where it's a debate that you want to win yeah. and move to their side of the, the desk, if you yeah. will, yeah. and just help them see it and go, look, I'm going to help guide you through yep. this process. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for joining. We Today we talked about objection handling and really defining what we mean by objections, getting into the why and you know talking about how you have to validate the customer's feelings and their thoughts before you can actually address it. And then drop the rope, something that we talk about in many different parts of our, our, our content and on many different episodes of, of Ales with Aslan. Then deliver the truth. What is the truth? It's, by the way, so much easier to keep track of. So tell them what, what it is you can do for them and then prove it. And if you do those things, I think your success rates will go up dramatically in, in terms of handling or helping customers solve their objections. So thanks very much for joining us on another week of Ales with Aslan. We'll hit another hot topic next Friday and enjoy the beer.